World Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copyvasta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepy Podsta, the Creepy Pasta Podcast. Audience, welcome to Creepy Pods of the Creepy Pods Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Kowalski. I'm doing a little more upbeat, fast-talking intro this time because I have... This is the second of four episodes I'm recording within a single sitting, and I would... Boy, gosh, I don't want to get tired partway through. I had a cup of coffee today, so I should be good. Um, we can tell by your well, voice. I think, uh, yeah, yeah I, think that, I think that we'll manage. I watched a couple videos uh, a couple days ago of that fast-talking guy from the Micro Machine commercials uh one where he did the lyrics of the first verse and verse and chorus of bad by michael jackson um there was another uh, there was another one where i think he did like a full uh song or something weird and it just sounded like total nonsense anyway uh i am not as good at fast talking as that guy is uh i'm just a little hyperactive uh, anyway, I have two guests returning to the show from last week and other weeks. Please welcome. Uh, I will need you to clap after he says his name. Welcome, Nick Wood. Hello. Hey. Clapping for myself. Okay, no, not not you people. Oh. The audience has to do it. Okay, we need to see. Do it again? I couldn't tell. I no, no. We'll get it next on the next. Okay, day. okay. I couldn't. I couldn't hear their clapping over your clapping. Sorry. So okay. I'm sorry. Let's let's try it. Again. Let's try it with the with the next name. Please also welcome Catherine Marino. Hello. Okay, there we go. Perfect. Now I can hear the audience clapping because <laughs> you guys didn't do it. Um, and we have, oh boy, a really. I am regretting even accepting this suggestion because <laughs> I'm so the sorry. title. No, the title is just so long that it's going to make it difficult to, like, fit in the episode name. Oh, so the author the, cut it down to the story of her yeah. holding an orange. Which yeah, is also bad, two, but shorter. Two titles. So here's this, uh, come with me on this long journey as <laughs> I read this whole title. Uh, the title is, oh, I guess, you know, this is back from, this is from four years ago. It's back when No Sleep let you do uh, clickbait titles, mm-hmm. which is now against the rules. Um, this is by In Ace. Uh, uh, I think the author, their given name is A.A. A. Anderson, um, but their name on Reddit is I-N-A-A-A-C-E. Um, so it's anyway, Yeah, there's a lot of A's on there. Um, so this story is called I Am a Grown Logical Man Crying Tears of Horror Right Now, or the story of her holding an orange. And it is one of the No Sleep stories that has become a, um, book. Oh no, this isn't A.A. Anderson. This is Milos Bogetic. Mm-hmm. Bogetic? Um, spaghetti. Spaghetti. Yeah, Milos Spaghetti. Uh, anyway, this was, uh... Released as a paperback uh, expanded version called The Story of Her Holding an Orange in uh, March of 2013. There's a link to it on the... Oh, it's included with Kindle Unlimited. That's cute. Nice, so I can read it. Um, All right. Yeah, there's a... Uh... Or you can pay $3 for it. <laughs> okay, this is really <laughs> Don't weird. Don't do that. Oh, Frequently... that I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> harsh. 
frequently bought together this and Pen Pal, of course, and House of Leafs. Um, sure, why not? One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> yeah, a literary classic and two collections of Reddit posts. <laughs> Um, anyway, I don't need to disparage the source of literally, like, half of the things we talk about on this show. I appreciate uh, all of everyone's efforts. Yeah, good job, everyone, for trying. You really gave it that old college try. Uh, Catherine, please walk us through the story of her holding an orange. What if I don't want to? Because it's a very mean thing to do. Okay, the, here is a very uh, quick summary um, because I don't know how uh, nothing happens. Um, a true. guy gets a guy's mom um, is friends with a lady. She seems normal, but when his mom isn't around, she's not normal, and she's like a uh, robot marionette person. And she, she like you know she, she has like clenchy teeth, and she talks like a small uh, child, and she has an orange, and she's like you're gonna come with me someday, but she says it in a creepy way, and she like tilts her head to the side because that's creepy too and then he she follows him around his entire life and um there's a million updates and the orange gets rotten eventually and um and then he meets a girlfriend and the girlfriend had the same experience and then i stopped reading because there was way too many updates <laughs> there's six parts to this story and yeah i i no, listened 116. to 116 the... yeah exactly uh, i listened to the edition on the no sleep podcast uh, I believe read by uh, host and curator David Cummings uh, with a fakey fake Eastern European accent. Um, and it ends after he has encountered the orange woman as an adult um, and he finds a photograph of him taken like secretly, I guess by her that says, you come with me now on the back in pen. And yeah. that's where the story ends in the podcast version. But, Nick, you read all of the parts, so please yeah. tell us what happens after oh, this girl. Oh, I read them all? <laughs> yeah. And here's the funny thing. I had started reading them on my couch and like an hour later, I was like, I really got to go to bed. So I laid in bed and kept reading them. And afterwards, I was so disappointed once again that I just like, I had to go read something happy and watch some happy YouTube videos. Um, but yeah, so this, that. Like Mr. Bear Seller. Yeah, I had to go watch Mr. Bear Seller on YouTube. Where Jeff left off was the end of the first part. Um, he. There's a little bit after, after where I left off. Oh, like, I don't think he mentioned, I don't think he mentioned, um. His girlfriend? Telling his girlfriend. Yeah, I don't even know if he, the podcast version mentioned a girlfriend at oh, all. Oh, okay. Um. It, it it probably did, but I know I know that it ends right there. It doesn't have him go home and cry to the girlfriend, and then her be like, "Oh, I also met this lady." Um, it literally stops there, and then this uh, version on No Sleep has two paragraphs and then an update also. Oh, geez, uh, that I was not aware of. Uh, yeah. Um. So that part of the story, um, this this chick that he keeps running into, his name is Rose, and she always like cocks her head to the side, which is supposed to be creepy. And uh, he sees her as an adult when he's going to get an iPhone, and she leaves an orange where she was standing. Um, so then he runs home, and there's an envelope with no like return address on it or anything, and inside is that Polaroid, and it's a, a Polaroid of him from waiting in line for the iPhone, and uh, like. Um, 
um, there's like some inscription in the orange. And so he goes to tell his girlfriend about it. And she's like, hang on, let me get the exact quote here. Um, we had a long t- Is it this- Yeah. Is it this woman? Did she happen to, um, hold an orange? Yeah. Uh, that's exactly what it is. And so his girlfriend <laughs> knew that this woman was going to be holding an orange, and then she breaks down crying, um, and then, uh- the first part sort of ends there. They go to the police station and the police are like, well, we can't do anything. You just got a Polaroid. Um, and then they- They're like, stop taking LSD. Yeah, just lay off the acid for one night. Um, and they come back after going to the police station and his room has been ransacked. Um, like things have just been moved around. The desktop image on his desktop has been changed to a picture of him as a kid. Um, Toto or Africa by Toto is playing, which was his favorite song as a child. <laughs> Sorry, it's just funny. It is. It is extremely bizarre and funny. It's a weird pull. <laughs> um, and then it kind of ends there. Like they call the police again and they say, well, if anything else happens, let us know. Um, from there, we learn his girlfriend, Leela's side of the story, uh, where she had met Rose on a plane when she was a flight attendant. Um, she was doing the same weird cock in the head to the side and saying, you'll come with me um, to Leela on the plane. And Leela was like, okay, crazy lady. Um, and Rose says, he will take it and I'll see you too soon. And, and she didn't know who the two people were. These two hadn't met yet. Um, and that was Leela's encounter with this person, which caused her to break down crying for some reason when he told her about an orange. Um, part three was how they totally believably met at a club. Um, cause some guy was hitting on our narrator and, um, his girlfriend was sitting on a bench nearby and she's like, what's up, babe? And was rescuing him from the situation. And he mentions that, uh, it sounds like the hand of fate forced them together, but they felt like they had made the decision to start dating on their own. Um, so it wasn't like this, this Rose person had brought them together. Um, we also hear uh, his grandmother's side of the story. So he, t- he talks to his mom and his mom had talked to his grandma about it and she said some weird stuff had happened. So our narrator Milos had called her directly and I don't think we learned his name until like the very last update, but it's neither here nor there. She, his grandma says um, that when she was a little girl, she would like play down by the river and one day she was alone and there's this guy standing in the middle of the river with a suit and cane and he was acting a lot like Rose, as we know, just being creepy and be like, you'll come with me. I got something for you. Here's an orange. And she's like, I don't want your stupid orange. And uh, so she runs away. And then like 20 years later, his grandma gives birth to his mom. And as she wakes up from sleep, whatever, recovery, that guy is standing there and he says, you brought her. And that if she took the orange now, it would all be over. Just cryptic language. And, um, ah, geez, I don't even know. Does anything ever happen? Like, nope. Nope. Um, he's just standing there. It, it talks about how his grandma went through like war times in Bosnia or something. And yeah, this, the original setting is, yeah, it's like Eastern European. Yeah. So he grew up in Bosnia and then moved to the United States or Canada or both, I think it was. And um, 
the point of his grandmother going through the war is there was like a really tough time and like oranges would show up on her doorstep and she would never eat them and she would just throw them out and her husband was like why are you doing this we need food and she never said anything and one day Rose and this guy who I don't think is named show up at her doorstep and they're like where's Milos and they're like he's in Chechnya and so they smile and uh, presumably go after him in Chechnya um man this is i wish <laughs> it really I, know, I wish that there was more to say but like this is this is all that happens nothing overtly creepy um the it, during the fifth update he goes for a bike ride to kind of clear his mind he goes on this bike trail um and his plan is to get dropped off by one bus ride the trail all the way to a small town to take another bus back home and he gets all the way to this small town and the bike racks on the front of the bus are taken and so he can't get on the bus so he rides all the way back and as he's riding along fog starts to creep up on the sides of the bike trail which because fog is spooky and then he sees like an old basketball that he had when he was a kid and he's like oh my god Uh this has the same checker pattern that my basketball had and then he keeps riding and he sees like a bike that he had when he was a kid and uh, the corpse of a cat that he had as a kid and all these mementos that he had yeah it's pretty sad but all these mementos that he had uh, from being a kid are showing up on the side and he starts hearing this creepy child laughter because child laughter is always creepy and just like child song just like child songs singing and ringing around the rosy yep. is always creepy children are creepy just children in general are creepy yeah you'll float to etc etc we all float down <laughs> here georgie anyway um you know can i take a side tangent to say that when my daughter is yes. old enough just to like stare at walls and stuff that's going to be the creepiest thing that ever happens to me <laughs> Oh, yeah. If she just, if ever is, like, standing in the corner not answering you, it's, well, you gotta get It's out a Blair Witch situation. <laughs> yeah, she got Blair Witched. Sorry. Sorry. We'll have to make another. Oh, well. Um, this is just how it is. <laughs> that was really dark. Um, so then, I think this guy, the, the creepy ghost guy confronts him. No, sorry, Rose does, and he's like, I'm gonna beat you up, and she's like, you can't do anything to me. He's like, then I'm gonna get help, and she's like, from who? And he's like, my friends, and she She's like, the church? And he's like, I don't know what you mean. Um, So then he's like, oh, she was talking about my baptism story. So the sixth update is the story of his baptism, which he he calls his dad. And his dad went to talk to the priest that baptized him when he was six years old. Um, When they had showed up to get baptized, the priest refused him and said, no, get out of here. Get out of here. I don't want to see your face. (laughs) And later that night... The p- Extremely rude. Right. What makes it weirder is later that night, the priest calls them, somehow knowing their number. I don't, pff, get that one. Um, but he calls them and says, you know what? No, I'm going to baptize you. Get over here right away. And I'm going to baptize your son. And when they get there, he's like, this woman showed up and told me that I will not baptize your son. And um, ever since he baptized him, he's had a miserable life ever since. Like, he can't sleep at night and stuff like that. Um... I don't think I'm missing anything there. He probably does number because churches used to have directories. That's true. Like, but oh. from my understanding with this church, they didn't ever go to church. This was just the guy that had oh, baptized well, his dad. Weird. So maybe he knew maybe his name. Any, any resol- number taken out of the phone book. <laughs> Is there any resolution at um, all? 
or does it is it just a bunch of anecdotes about encountering these orange people? Yeah, so that's the last update before the very ending. And uh, I'm just going to read this paragraph because this is literally how it ends. This is part six. It says, that would, be a, that would be the disappointing story of my baptism. I have not had any encounters with any of them since the last time, meaning Rose and this guy. I am moving away, hoping it helps. Seems like they're an it follows type situation, so that won't help him. Yeah. I also decided this. If I encounter them again, I'm taking the orange. I can't go on like this forever. I just can't. And then it says, for ending the story, click here, and you open it up, and it's part seven, and it's just titled, I took it. And that's the only content of the post. Yeah, that's a pretty good way to end, but like... They should have deleted all the middle stuff and then just put the I took it like somewhere 80 anyway. paragraphs above that. So, yeah, my my whole thing is that would be a, like an effective Ray Bradbury type of ending if he had set anything up for it. Because he spends six very long posts weaving this conspiracy without actually giving any hints about yeah, what's happening. Right. So if he took it and there was any sort of evidence that he was going to be in danger by taking it then it would be a good ending but there's no evidence that he's in danger um yeah it doesn't it doesn't tell you what will happen if you take it yeah or like even if he tries not to take it like what happens like when he doesn't take it nothing really happens except like they keep coming back right so and they say he will take it so it means something but they never even allude to what that is like, if he tried to punch her and something strange happened, or if he, I don't know, like, I don't know, I don't know, anything. Any, like, literally <laughs> anything. The the other thing that this author does a lot is tell you, um, let me get some exact quotes. Uh, it's just like in the scary movies, such and such happens, wouldn't you know it, and stuff like that. And then later in the story, he's like, you guessed it, she was holding an orange. Where if you're in your writing and you're saying stuff like that, that means your story got boring and you need to change it up. Because now your story is predictable. Yeah, you, you, can't make jokes about, you can't make jokes in your story about how predictable and formulaic your story yes. is. It's, it makes it infinitely more frustrating. Um, <sighs> it's like there's a thing that happens in uh, I see it most often in like Spider-Man comic books where in this instance Spider-Man will make a bad joke and then the bad guy or one of the superheroes he's teaming up with will be like that was a pretty bad joke Spider-Man <laughs> it's like Spider-Man <laughs> didn't Spider-Man didn't make that joke Brian Bendis or Dan Slott or whoever made that joke and Instead of writing a good joke, he wrote a bad joke and then had someone in the story be like, it's bad, so that he could justify to himself that it would be okay for the bad joke to be there. And it's not like it's bad in a funny way, it's just like, Spider-Man, yeah, Spider-Man just makes a bad pun, and then someone else is like, hey, that was a bad pun. Like, instead, you could have him say nothing, or you could just own the bad pun and not be embarrassed about it, or you could just write a better joke. Just write a good joke too. That's uh, also that's an option. Hard. It's, it's really very hard. hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's jokes are hard. Horror movies have gotten to it where it 
it works a lot more often in horror stories um, to be like, this is what you expect from a horror story, um, because then you're mixing genres, but I don't think it works in this one, because he's not being comedic by pointing out right. that it's... Um, it's not like right. Scream not like, or Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, exactly. There's no metatextual examination of the horror genre going on here. It's a straightforward horror story that at several points says, hey, this is a straightforward horror story, <laughs> and you know what's going to happen in it, and that's not clever. Yeah. Like, what if he saw a lady, and he thought it was the lady, but then she turned around, and she was, like, just reading in the newspaper and See, eating an apple? That that's effective. Funny. That would well, work. Yeah. sort of funny. <laughs> a little bit. It would have been better than what we got, which is every time he sees the lady with the he orange, she does nothing, he, and then he yeah. leaves. The, well, the other and then thing, somehow the orange gets refreshed somehow. I want to know about yeah, that. It starts rotting. I mean, I don't know. But then it suddenly it's okay again later. I don't. It's magic and time. These people time travel anyway, so that's true. She's this. She's this like Michigan J Frog, but for spooky stories. Where every time he tries to be like, look, look, she's scary. She's normal, and it's yeah. it's just. It ends up being accidentally barely comedic at parts. <laughs> it's better than nothing, right? I guess. I don't know. I think that the prose is, for the most part, strong. I mean, you have lines like, I dropped the picture and started crying like a baby. Like, really crying my ass off. That's kind of lame. But there's, also... Uh, there's in, a in lot the context of lame lines in here. Yeah. It didn't feel like someone was actually typing it. Like, like the way someone yeah, would just, exactly. like, relay a story and not actually be writing a story. Like, it did kind of seem like that. Yeah, in the context of it being a, an epistolary uh, format story, like many no-sleep stories yeah, are, yeah. it's fine for it to just be, to seem first drafty in those mm-hmm. ways, but if you're if you're gonna do that, you need to have a really strong story that has a right. very clear beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. You can't have this kind of meandering <laughs> garbage that's also sort of poorly written. Yeah, I, there's <laughs> two other things I want to say about the writing style, which is that um, there's a lot of generic horror things that Rose says like she says you think God will save you and to me that's just like that might have worked in like the 60s or the 70s it's not gonna work in 2017 Um, and then he also liked to say it was really frightening it was really scary and if you show don't tell yeah that's all i can say show don't tell don't tell me it's scary convince me it's scary and that literally never happens throughout this story he just tells me it's scary yep yeah it's um i don't know i don't it seems like a weird one to become a book like it's only a book because it's long um Mm -hmm. I was wondering I, if, I, like, it got edited when it w- got turned into a book? Like, did they... Hopefully. Well, you know, I've got Kindle Unlimited, so I'll read it, and I'll report back. Yeah, uh, let us know in the Facebook I will. group. Um, which, listeners, you can join. I think it's just called uh, Creepypodsta Fan Group, um, and people post stories they like to talk about in there, and I have a thread where I take suggestions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's nice. It's a fun little uh, place where you can, like, interact with other fans rather than just, like, tweeting at me. Um, and I, I think that's nice. Yeah, I like when people just like post, um, hey, there's this creepy YouTube video I found. And I'm like, yes, that's what yeah. I want. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do we have any final thoughts before we move on to our spooky parts? Oh, I did. One thing that I thought was a little bit interesting that I wish like maybe the author had followed up a bit on is when um, the author met Rose. Uh, oh, Milo. Uh, 
met Rose when he was a kid or younger, Rose Rose's creepy voice was the voice of a child, like a young yeah. child. But then when his girlfriend uh, meets Rose on the airplane, uh, she is the voice of a like a young teenager. Her creepy voice is a teenager voice, which I was like, oh, is this going somewhere? And then it never. Yeah, got there are parts at, throughout the story where her voice will change. Like she, at some points, she'll address you in a normal adult voice, and I feel <laughs> like there's some sort of context the author wanted to play with there but i don't feel like it you have to explain it yeah. yeah you don't have to explain it but you also if you're going to play with that i want more of it because that would be yeah. that would be very effective hmm. uh does that does that cover your spooky part too nick oh um geez what is my spookiest part um i'm gonna say the spookiest part is bike ride um just because, like, there's a bike trail in my town where people have been kidnapped on, so I just envision that bike trail with all these bushes along the side, and I'm like, I don't ever want to go on that thing. So I think that was probably the spookiest part for me. Uh, now, where you are, is that considered um, the Midwest? Yes. Or? Yeah. Okay. Very, very boring. Uh, what are you, I- Iowa? It is Iowa, and... Okay. I was thinking Idaho That's what everyone thinks. Would be, that would maybe be the Pacific Northwest. They both start with an I. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Iowa is very boring, but uh, we make it We make it fun. I have friends in Iowa. Yeah, you like cultivate some serial killers. Yeah, we have. Velisca um, <laughs> Axe Murder House. Go look that up. No, thank you. No. <laughs> I've probably heard about it. Uh, New Jersey doesn't have as many famous serial killers. I feel like it's uh, easier to get away with like a spree killing than it is to be yeah. uh, mm-hmm. like... Uh, uh, what's his name? Ted Bundy or um, Je- Jeffrey Dahmer or somebody like that. Everybody's gonna notice you're being a weirdo. Yeah, they're yeah exactly. Like, they're gonna come to your house and be like, "Why are you being so weird?" They're gonna hear all the like axe on flesh noises because your apartment has thin walls. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maybe the pine barrens. If you went down to the pine barrens, you could probably yeah, do it. Yeah, that's true. There's probably some pine barrens uh, danger. I mean, there are people uh, that live there off the grid, so. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The <laughs> um, so I guess my spookiest part is the Polaroid in the line for the iPhone. Uh, I'm kind of a sucker for that sort of thing. Yeah, I like that's fair. Yeah. The author undercuts it by not being v- extremely specific about the angle of the photograph. He almost makes it seem like it was taken from like midair while he was looking across the street. He doesn't say whether it also captures Rose in the photo or. Um, if it's like, I don't know, it's just not specific enough, but I do like the idea. I, th- I think it's a spooky idea for someone to be secretly photographed by a dangerous enemy mm-hmm. and, and then like see the photographs later. It would have been great if it was very clear the photo was taken from a place where no one could be. Well, yeah, like I, in my mind, I had envisioned it Let's that he was looking at the camera, like he had turned around a little bit to look at Rose and because it was taken from behind him looking back at Rose, I think. So I just envisioned it was like he was facing it, and that if that were the case, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, first, it, yeah. actually, I got confused. It said it was taken from behind me, and then it said it was of his face, and then I'm like, right. wait. I had assumed he'd turned like three quarters and looked behind him, so. Yeah, I don't know. The whole, like I said, it's it's a creepy idea, but the execution is just so bad that it undercuts the creepiness. Yeah. Uh, Alright, let's move on to plugs. So hey, that, hey, uh, hey, 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 what was my previous what? part? 
you said it. You started. What? You went first, didn't you? No. That was her. I, th- I could have. That was her final thoughts. I think. Uh, okay. Yeah, that was All her right. final thought, Jeff. <laughs> Give me your creepiest part, to. and then immediately go into your plugs afterwards. Okay. Okay. My creepiest part again. I have two because I'm greedy again. Um, <laughs> anyone breaking into your house is creepy. That's like a just continual nightmare I have, and I had to get a security system, even though like no one does anything here because it just I just don't want anyone in my house. And so someone's breaking your house at all. It could just be like a police report blotter. Someone broke into a house. I'm like, that's creepy. And the um, second part was the fact that the other story we read uh, referenced vitamin C and this story was all about orange. Oh. So. Bringing that I was home. like, oh. Because I just listened to, um, I marathoned all of the uh, Rabbits podcast, which has like. Oh, I got to catch up on what's that. that. Yeah, it's. Um, it's a, um, podcast. It's, um, you know, um, what's the other one? It's ones? from the Black Tapes and Tannis yeah, team. Yeah, those peeps. Um, but this, uh, where Black Tapes is sort of about, uh, like, unsolved ghost, uh, mysteries, and Tannis is about, um, like, cultish weird fiction place. stuff. Yeah, uh, Rabbits is about, a, a spooky ARG. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. And, like, I I like that each of them has a different, very specific and obvious focus, even though the three of them are basically the same show. Yeah, with the same music, which kind of, yeah. like, uh, but it's all about, like, coincidences play a central role in Rabbits, so I was like, oh, I got a, my own real-life coincidence. So, nice. That would be, mm. I guess that's not creepy, uh, that's cool. Yeah, that's fine. Go into your plugs. <laughs> okay. Um, on Twitter, I am Zyloart, X-Y-L-O-A-R-T. I just post depressing stuff there. Or you can go to my Facebook, Catherine Marino, where it's just pictures of my cats and happy stuff. Um, <laughs> I will actually accept friend requests, which is strange, I know, but it's just pictures of my cats. Weirdo. I know. Nick, what what about you? You can find me at strangerstillshow.com is my podcast, or you can look in iTunes for it, and my new podcast uh, Limited Cell that I do with my dad, and we talk about Hanna-Barbera cartoons, and it's fun. Kind of. We don't hit our stride until like episode four, so um, just hang in there if you want to listen to it. Which you haven't recorded yet? No, I've recorded four episodes (laughs) with my dad. (laughs) I know for a fact we finally Uh, hit our stride. It took a while. Sick burn. Um... (laughs) What shows do you talk about on there? Is it like the big ones like uh, Flintstones and Scooby-Doo or do you hit stuff like Turbo Teen or um, uh, the Herculoids? We actually are going to talk about all of them. We are we are going in order of release of all of their shows. So um, mm. we the first one was Rough and Ready and then Huckleberry Hound and then um, oh, my gosh. oh geez, what was after that? I forget what was after that and then Flintstones. So we're just going to go in order and review all of them. Are you going to go all the way up until, like, the mid-2000s? Yep, until Powerpuff Girls became, and Dexter's Lab. And- when it became uh, Cartoon Network Studios, I believe, is the name Hanna-Barbera is under Yes, now. we are. It's going to be great. Okay. That's, that should be yeah. fun. So you're going to do, um, a, you're going to complete everything unlike another podcast about Pokemon? <laughs> we'll see. That is <laughs> Complete. It's over. It's dead no! and done. I, no. I can't. I can't make 650 more episodes of a podcast. Yeah, my what show if I only just send you funny Pokemon mashups. My show only has 256, so it's nowhere near 800. Yeah, that's not so bad. <laughs> yeah, that's only 105 more than I've done of the Pokemon. Right. But your, so. yours are like 10 minutes long. Oh, that adds up. It really though. does. Twice a week, or was it three times a week? It was three yeah. times a week, and I would have to edit the. Uh, intro, outro, PC noise, and Pokemon cry into each episode. Oh, well, that is, that, that, that is actual work. Yes. Yeah. 
It's rough. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just anyway, selfish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, J3FK, Instagram, JeffJK, Patreon.com slash JeffJK, where $1 a month gets you two bonus podcasts. Usually it's me reading a creepypasta that we've covered on the show. Uh, last month I put up a very short uh, in-between chatter from the end run of the Pokemon show. Um, and I'll do two of those bonus audios and one bonus written thing, which is sometimes a story I've written and sometimes it's uh, some comic script that I'm working on, but I have not missed a month yet. I think there have been two instances where I've posted one month's things on the first day of the next month uh. because I forgot. Um, but other than that, I have not missed any months. Uh, so please, everybody, just $1 a month. That's all I ask. Uh, you can also, if you want to order Perler Bead Sprites uh, from me or Bootleg Amiibos, Etsy.com slash shop slash Funtimesonline. Um, I have... Do I bought one. Whole, it's great. I want yeah, one too, but I haven't I have decided the, what it is. So I, I, I'll take commissions, but I also already have the whole Belcher family up there based on pixel art designs that I made myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, someone buy those. Um, those are great. Uh, which I'm very proud of. I like to do pixel art. Um, and I designed, I was, I had a friend commission a bob from me, and then I'm like, well, I might as well design the whole family. So I the did, minions? and I think that they turned out really well. Uh, yeah, there's some minions up uh, there. Uh, someone pranked me. <laughs> and gave me. Someone pranked me and gave me a minions perler bead kit for my birthday. Um, pretty great. And, uh, so you can buy those. Prank. It's five dollars for the like normal size beat sprite. If you want a commission for something larger, uh, we'll work something out. And it's seven dollars for the beat sprites with an NFC tag on, so that they will function as amiibos. Um, WeaponizedLanguage.com for my other episodes of this show, my other podcasts, seeing Reddit. Um, you'll also be able to find posts uh, of pop culture recipes by Louisa Heron, uh, co-host of Seeing Reddit, past guest on this show. That's it. That's everything. Um, that's, um... I got pranked uh, by my grocery store. I bought some bananas, and there was, uh, uh, sticker, minion stickers that came with them. Yeah, because the minions, uh, Banana. enjoy to... They're, uh, sexually attracted to bananas, I think, is ba, the ba, ba, Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's all for this episode. Uh, you come with me now. Thank you.